welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Syosset Libraries podcast, Turn the Page, um, and I'm really excited uh, today to have this author here. Um, you have written for film, and um, I'm told you did pretty good with that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wrote a film called Letters from Iwo Jima for Clint Eastwood, and um, it got nominated for a number of awards, including an Academy Award for, uh, well, nominated for Academy Award for screenwriting. So it's very so exciting. So that's pretty cool because, you know, you, you might, uh, listeners, you might have heard of letters from Hiroshima or, um, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood might be a familiar name in the Academy Awards. You know, that's that's kind of a big deal. So welcome, um, Iris Yamashita. I am so excited to have you today to talk about uh, this book, Village in the Dark. This is actually a sequel. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. The first book was called uh, City Under One Roof. And um, this the sequel is Village in the Dark. So I really enjoyed uh, the book. I liked the settings and I liked the characters a lot. Um, so it is set in Alaska and it's um, a bit of a emotional domestic thriller slash um, police procedural and it's got a lot of really great stuff and a really um, really great characters in it but Kara is the one who's like the main focus character that's really the one that is carried over from um, the first book so um, you know I know that you kind of left the door open for more stories for Kara um, did you immediately know where you were going when you started uh, writing Village in the Dark? Uh, yes, I I um, had a uh, two book deal. So I kind of knew that I would be writing this second book. Um, and uh, I I mean, I, it's it's ended here, but um, I'm not saying that I won't go back to Detective Kara Kennedy, but uh, the next book that I have planned is not in this world. But again, I'm, I'm not saying I won't go back. It's just, I don't have an idea yet. <laughs> but yes, yeah, she's um, the main protagonist, Detective Kara Kennedy. Uh, it, it, in the first book, it starts in, um, it's called City Under One Roof. So this weird, strange city actually is under one roof in that all the 200 and some residents live in a single high-rise building. And um, she does go back to this world in the second book, but then I also introduce the, another world, which is the village in the dark. And that is an off-the-grid, woman-run village um, and very isolated and kind of hidden. So that is unity that you're talking about. And um, so Kara is the, is, you know, the, the focal point almost. Um, and she finds out in the very beginning of the book, it's not a spoiler because uh, it is literally in the synapsis that her young son and her husband who had passed um, believed to be in a hiking accident um, that things might not be as they seemed. Uh, so the book actually opens with uh, poor Kara literally um, opening their graves um, 
and trying to find out, you know, what, what might have been missed and what's going on. But you also have um, two other stories. You have the story of Ellie who had um, been sort of a uh, criminal um, and um, she and her ex had a son and her ex, she ended up kind of throwing him under the bus and trying to live the, the good life, which, you know, she really hoped things would be better for her son, but things don't always turn out the way that we hope. Um, and then there is Mia and Mia is sort of this connection to what they all want to find out, but also she's the connection to the village in the dark that you kind of mentioned. Um, and she's a really interesting character. Um, would you like to, first of all, just tell us a little bit about unity and sort of where all of that came from. And then um, just how Mia originally came into Kara and Ellie's stories when you were writing this. Yeah, when I was doing research for the first book um, on Alaska and discovered that it's um, the state with like the highest incidences of domestic violence against women, against women, um, I kind of wanted to bring that in the spotlight. And um, it was particularly uh, the statistics show that um, the incidences are particularly high among indigenous women. And I just had this kind of idea that I wanted to see uh, a woman-led village um, where the the women are kind of kick-ass, you know, like they're <laughs> strong. I, I'm not sure if I was allowed to say that on on. on first, here, but... first of all, yes, you can say that. Um, I <laughs> my my big joke is that the um, the litmus test for that was kind of uh, passed with um, one of our um, one of Syosset's alum is actually Judd Apatow. And um, he 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 was the first person to officially drop the S bomb on turn the page. Oh. When I asked my director, I'm like, "Do we keep this in?" She's like, "Listen, she's like, if people don't expect Jed Apatow to drop the S bomb, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what we're doing here." So uh, you are in good company. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So go oh. ahead. Kick ass. Kick ass is yeah. like really like low down on that, okay, good. On that scale of you know right. words that have been dropped on turn the page okay good um so yes yeah, so I just was trying to imagine what that kind of community would be like and it's a hodgepodge it's a it's it's welcoming to all women who have um suffered from domestic violence or have uh, some reason they don't want to be living in what I, what they call man's world. Um, and um, so because I wanted it to be open because I, you know, I'm not an expert on um, the various indigenous tribes of Alaska. I put um, a number of them in there and also non-indigenous people as well so that this world is, is completely fictional and I could make up whatever rules. And even I play with their language where they just speak a hodgepodge. It's not any one language. And so Mia is um, a product of that. And she actually is um, half Ainu, which is a Japanese indigenous um, group. 
And uh, I, because I, I kind of thought it, as I was reading and researching on Alaskan tribes that there was quite a bit of similarity. And I just thought that was cool. Like there is a kinship there and I wanted to have a character in there. She's half, I know, half um just uh, half white. So um, she grows up in this village and um, not knowing anything about man's world and wanting to eat from the fruit of knowledge and kind of goes out. And in a way, I feel like she gets corrupted when she leaves. Yeah, um, unfortunately for for Mia, you know, it all starts. It's, it's funny. And I was, man, you know, I have to say I was kind of hoping because it felt so real when I'm reading it I'm like is is there actually villages like this because you know that would that's that's amazing it's super and it was so well written um yeah she goes out to man's world literally because she meets someone that she thinks might be um a boyfriend and as one does when they're young and they often find that first person, they find out that that first person is literally not what they think or who they say. Um, and she goes through like sort of a series of um, identities and jobs, which you later find out she just kind of like rubs elbows with people who are involved in Kara and Ellie's um, story. And that's kind of where I'm going to stop with that because there is spoilers there. Um, I do really love just sort of Mia's um, observations, though, about man's world. I think my favorite line, and I had it written down, was that everything was for sale in man's world. Um, you know, religion, politics, love, you know, everything's for sale. And it was just sort of an interesting way to look through somebody's eyes and see things that way, because we say that we realize that, you know, everything is marketing and everything is sort of, you know, for sale, but to kind of hear it from a character who literally never experienced it, you know, there's really like no um, tongue in cheek way of saying it or you know like yeah you know everything has a price like literally she's like oh my goodness everything has a price it was just sort of a knock to the head so um you know it's like you do you know you have you have Kara who was a cop and she comes from you know a certain world and um you know her whole inception in the first book with um <laughs> the, the quirky high-rise city was really interesting uh, but then you know you have her here and she's trying to figure out what happened to her husband and son you have ellie who started off the opposite and then they had timmy and she was like yeah i have to try to do better for my kid and then you have mia who just was almost like compared to those two ends she was almost like a blank slate and she's sort of absorbing things so it's really difficult not to get corrupted by that world when you know you're just sort of you need to first of all it's, it's there's a survival instinct there and also um just all of this stimulation that you never had uh so it was really just sort of fascinating reading the story alternating between the third uh, you know, the, the third character, the second character, the first character, um, did all of their voices come in really clear to you while you were writing? Was there one that gave you a little bit more trouble than the other? Um, I, 
yeah, when I actually uh, when in the when I started writing um, the first book, I kind of had a little bit of an idea of um, Kara's story, but um, when I started writing book two, I wasn't completely sure, um, especially about Mia, what her story was, but. Um, I knew I, I wanted to have three very distinct voices. And um, I I really thought Ellie from the first book had more story to explore. So, and she's just fun to write. And so um, I really enjoyed writing her story. And I did have um, more or less, less a sense of um, where she was going. But Mia was kind of um, the scary one to write because I didn't, really know what her journey was or um, what it was going to end up being. And uh, so that, yeah, while I was writing, it started to become clearer as to what her story was and where she was going to end up. But yeah, she was, the, she was maybe the hardest one to write, but, um, but I really, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I wrote her. <laughs> I think, you know, it was interesting because um, in, you know, reading her and reading her talk about, um, you know, the Ainu uh, religion and uh, just sort of, you know, how it was like very interesting, how she carried all of that with her. And then she also carried like this culture in unity. And then, you know, she didn't have a drop of, um, she said something, uh, you know, indigenous Alaska, you know, one of the indigenous Alaskan tribes in it, but she was sort of able to pass that way too. She really was in so many ways a ghost to read. Um, and I can understand why she might give you a little bit more trouble in that way. Uh, but that said, she really made sort of like the perfect, you know, phantom to sort of, um, imprint on both you know these the story to sort of carry what was happening in the background because she was so elusive um at least that's kind of how i read her yeah yeah i always um uh i was asked uh, on another um interview about the the meaning of the title village in the dark and so it is um there's the physical aspect of it which is it it's off the grid so it gets very dark of course but um also metaphorically i felt like um it's her journey where she's in the dark when she's living there without knowing what it's like in man's world and so um that's why she she ventures out because she you know, she wants to get knowledge. And so that's how I kind of looked at it. Uh, so Alaska is a really interesting place to um, set a story. Are you, so are you from, or have you lived in Alaska? Um, have you visited a lot? I am not from Alaska. I did visit for research and I actually did stay in the, the city that inspired the first book. And I stayed in the inn that Ellie, you know, the, 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 that it's modeled after that Ellie runs this inn that's just um, a floor of rooms that you can rent in the building. Um, of course, her character is completely fictional, 
Uh, but the the rooms um, you can actually stay and I wouldn't stay in winter I actually stayed in summer it's actually quite pleasant in summer because you get a nice view and it's you know the weather's fine but I don't think I would want to stay there in the winter <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think that that's absolutely fascinating that you can stay there though at all. Yeah, you can you can still stay there. <laughs> there are the the real city actually also has other inns outside the building. Um, in my fictional city, it's only that one building. So you mentioned you wouldn't um not necessarily return to this world, but you are working on something else. Um, what are you, uh, what do you have uh, sort of uh, in the mix or can you not say it all? Um, no, I, I would, I, um, I'm saying I wouldn't um, say no to going back to Kara Kennedy and that world and maybe, you know, some of the other characters exploring them. Um, but for my book that I'm, outlining right now it, it's a completely um, different story in a different setting not in Alaska um, it's in Europe and um, yeah I don't want to say too much because it's such it's just an outline so I feel like it's it's so premature um, but I am um, also working on a audio series for uh, BBC and they um they say they tell me that it will air sometime in um the end towards the end of this year uh and it is a historical um world war ii drama so i i'm not sure if i'm allowed to talk about it but i, I think i'm sure i can say that much <laughs> that's pretty cool um you know i think it's really great how sort of audio dramas have had this great resurgence um, you know, I, I remember hearing, I mean, that was like the original entertainment way back when. Um, and now there's so many of them that are, you know, really have, you know, coming up and becoming um, popular. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's kind of fun to flex, you know, the writing muscles and trying different media. So uh, with the radio, you know, knowing that um, everything is vocal, like everything comes out in dialogue. And then how do you uh, describe something, you know, how do you <laughs> make it not visual, but they have to know where they are and everything. There's a lot of, so it's, it's, it's been fun trying all this different media. The, obviously film is a very visual media and then book. It's all about um, descriptions and um, with audio, it's only, it's only uh, only dialogue. So it's, it's been interesting to try out these different formats. And, and I, I remember like as a kid when radio plays would, sometimes come out and um that it was it was fun to listen to so it's fun to write do you have um i mean was it really difficult for you to switch gears between i guess screenwriting and novel writing and now um audio drama uh it's it's uh, i mean the basic tenets of storytelling i think cross over and they kind of work. So writing screenplays really helped me, I think, come up with um, 
like the idea of arcs and, and, you know, what, what's kind of the three act structure and all of that. Um, and so I think I've carried that over into books, but I do, um, I, I did always want to write a book and I just couldn't finish one. <laughs> and I think writing for, um, writing screenplays has really helped me finish because now I know how to structure it and, you know, where, where it's going. Um, and then, so audio is, um, it's kind of the same, you know, it's, a, it's a series, but it's kind of like, I still think of it as a three act structure and beginning, the middle and the end, um, and just kind of expand it over the six episodes. Um, and I did, I also did a, a musical stage play once for Tokyo Disney Sea, and that was also oh completely goodness. different. Yeah, it was. It was like you have to think about what's the pre-show, and I'm like pre-show. So there's this thing where also how do you interact with the audience, which again is completely different from any other uh, form of of um, writing. So it, I, I actually enjoy it though. I I like the challenges, and then trying to you know think of a different way of writing. It's it's actually. Very fun. Um, I guess that brings me to sort of just my last question, um, you know, because everything was laid out really nicely in um, in the village in the dark, as far as when things were revealed and just how much information came from where. Um, did you very like do you very carefully outline everything uh, before or do you have just sort of um a basic idea of where it's going and it fills itself in as the story expands. Um, I think that's what the one thing I learned from screenwriting, because they always want you to write a treatment. So you always have kind of an idea of the beginning, the middle and the end, and you may not have all the details. So when um, I was writing uh, both city under one roof and village in the dark, I also had to turn in my outlines. So, you know, there was not actually a choice. You had to outline, but um, I think it's a good idea because that's what helps you not have writer's block. Not, I'm not saying that I never have writer's block, but um, it helps you get through writer's block because you know where you're going to go in general. And so you can, if you're stuck on a scene, you can kind of skip it and just go to another one and just start writing that. So you don't kind of, you know, uh, just have these days where you're just crying in bed or whatever, <laughs> but you can actually write something and get through it if you have a goalpost. And, you know, of course the outline is never, never followed completely. It always changes as you start writing and, you know, the characters start speaking to you and everything changes. But again, it's it's really nice to have the goalpost. So I think what I my process has been in both screenwriting and in um, novel writing to just do a vomit draft is what I call it, where you just don't stop. You know, you don't edit yourself because it's it's never going to be perfect in your first draft, and everything's going to change. So you write very sparsely, and you just kind of just go with your flow, like what your, your train of thought is. And then, and then you go back and edit like at least a couple more times before it's readable. 
thank you so much. This was really fun. Um, and this book is coming out the end of February, I believe. Uh, in the middle, it's coming out February 13th. So the February day before 13th. Valentine's Day. <laughs> February is like a really weird month because I feel like it's one of those months where there it's the middle, but also like the next week it's the end. Yes, yeah, a short month, right? Right. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Um, I do hope that you come back for whatever else you're working on and um, check out both The City Under One Roof and The Village in the Dark. Um, and I uh, thank you once again for coming on Turn the Page. Uh, this is Jessica. Our guest today was Iris Yamashita, and we are going to close this chapter. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.